0: Stoughton Hospital strives to meet the changing needs of the communities we serve. Our experts provide you with the
1: information you need to make informed health care decisions. Here's Melanie Cole with Stoughton Hospital Health Talk. Heart disease is the number one killer of men and women and is more deadly than all forms of cancer combined, and that according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention but there are things that you can do to reduce your risk. My guest today is Melissa Trump. She's an exercise physiologist at Stoughton Hospital. So, Melissa, tell us a little bit about the risk factors for cardiovascular disease. What are some of those, and what puts us most at risk?
0: So there are a lot of risk factors for heart disease. Um, I would say the the two Biggest risk factors would be, um, smoking. I would say that would be one. Um, you know, they're two times as likely, people are two times as likely to die from heart attacks. Um, and they, it damages the arteries leading up to, um, the heart and the brain and can cause blood clots. Um, it also, you know, decreases your HDL cholesterol, which is the good kind. Um, I would say the second would be, Sitting too much and being sedentary and being physically inactive, um, scientists think now that you know too much sitting impairs the body's ability to deposit fat from the bloodstream into the body, and it also impairs the functioning of the body's healthy cholesterol, which is the HDL that kind of cleans up the plaque sticking to the arteries. Um, if you can move more throughout the day, it's necessary. To necessary to lower your risk for heart disease. And just being more active um, is, you know, would definitely prevent um, heart disease and just establishing an exercise program. There's a lot of others like high blood pressure, being overweight, high cholesterol, those things. But I would say the main two, if you can really focus on not smoking and establishing an exercise program.
1: Well, as one exercise physiologist to another, that was an excellent description and certainly true. So we also hear that cardiovascular disease is a little different in women. And you and I both know when we did our studies, they did more of the studies on men than women when it comes to Mm -hmm. heart disease. What do we know now that we didn't know then?
0: Well, I would say, yeah, men and women... um... They they tend to have some common symptoms. They can. They can have chest pain, you know, chest tightness pressure. But women are more likely to experience other symptoms that they may not recognize as being a heart condition. They may have like symptoms that as they were experiencing the flu, like having, you know, vomiting or nausea. Um, those things may not be classic as to the typical chest tightness pressure that, you know, jaw pain that men may may feel. Um so yeah, it's definitely just trying to recognize your symptoms. So you're, you know that it's more of a heart condition versus maybe like stress or something else that may be going on.
1: Well, okay. I, I want you to talk about that because many of those signs that we know about are similar to stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. How do we know which one it is? You get a chest pain, could be gas, could be stress. What do we do at that point, Melissa? Is that when we run off to the emergency room or a cardiologist or, you know, how do we know?
0: Yeah, both conditions can be very, very similar. You know, the shortness of breath, the chest tightness, being sweaty, dizzy. Um, lots of times it's maybe kind of thinking about like your history if you have a cardiac condition. Um, sometimes if you were to have ch- chest pain, some, Sometimes it's, you know, good to maybe apply pressure to the area that you're having. Um, if you notice that the discomfort changes, it's most likely not angina or heart pain. You can kind of change positions. If the discomfort changes, it's most likely not that heart pain. Sometimes people are prescribed nitroglycerin. That's going to use to dilate the blood vessels. Um, and that can be used for a person who has a heart condition. But yeah, it's definitely, um, you know they're very similar but just kind of recognizing maybe if you have a heart condition versus not
1: so tell us a little bit about how exercise helps us when we're looking to reduce some of those risk factors what is exercise even really doing for us
0: exercise does a lot of things to reduce the risk factor for heart disease so for example one would be to um it lowers your blood pressure so it dilates your blood vessels It improves blood flow um to the muscles and you know it um can lower your cholesterol levels it helps with improving your hdl cholesterol the good kind it helps with lowering your triglycerides which is another type of fat that's found in the bloodstream um it, it, for people who have diabetes it actually is a Kind of act like a medication, so it brings down your blood sugars. Um, and we've seen a lot of patients who are able to get off their meds because they're they've established a consistent exercise routine in their life. Um, it, it, you can manage stress. It definitely is a good stress reliever. Um, help with, you know, control of your mood, with depression. There's a, a lot of benefits to to working out a working out a program <laughs> in your life.
1: Well, I mean, that's important because people don't always know how to start a program, you know, and mm-hmm. what they should be doing. And when we're talking about heart disease, if somebody is diagnosed with heart disease, one type or another, how important is it that they keep an eye on those other things? Like that they take their medication when prescribed, that they try to get, begin an exercise program or lose weight or monitor their blood sugars.
0: Yeah, that can be a, it can be difficult when someone's diagnosed with. A heart condition, because there's a lot of changes they may have to make initially. It's kind of finding, you know, a few changes to make at one, you know, not overdoing it, it right away, but trying to find a couple of things to focus on, whether it's yeah, improving their diet or establishing an exercise program. Once they've done that, typically that leads to maybe weight loss and, um, just establishing better, a better lifestyle, because that's kind of a goal, um, you know, for a lot of people who've, who've just been diagnosed with something like that. Um, Yeah.
1: Well, it really is so important. It's really great information. So what other lifestyle modifications can we do? Because stress, sleep, anxiety, all of these things are so prevalent right now, Melissa. If you were to give people Mm -hmm. your best advice on reducing their stress and anxiety and getting a better night's sleep, what would you tell them?
0: Well, you know, like I say, like if, if they they're not an exerciser, I really try to promote that, you know, really trying to focus on, you know, doing that. I think there's so many good benefits to exercise. Um, if they can, you know, meet with, meet with somebody if they've never, you know, started a program before to help them, you know, work up to the, the goal is to do like 30 minutes. About three to five days a week. I mean, specifically, you know, more the better, more benefits you're going to gain the more you do. But, um, if they can really try to meet the 150 minutes per week of aerobic activity that gets your breathing rate up, your heart rate up, um, they'll see a lot of benefits from that in terms of, yeah, reducing your anxiety, diabetes, obesity, all of that, you know,
1: kind of comes, comes away from just with an exercise program. A lot of people just feel a lot better. And where does diet fit in then to all of this picture? We don't have a lot of time, but tell us what you tell people every day about good diet. If they do have heart disease or if they're trying to prevent it, what foods do you want us to really steer clear of or what ones do you love?
0: Yeah, so dietary changes can be difficult, but I would say that uh, you know a person who has heart disease should definitely choose foods that are low in saturated fats trans fats and then sodium saturated fats are found in you know like fatty cuts of meat whole fat dairy those things really try to avoid those because that can boost your your um, LDL cholesterols and then the sodium is big too you know the processed foods don't add extra salt to your food Um, that can cause your blood pressure to go high cause you to retain water Um, definitely eat a lot of Fruits and vegetables, whole grains, fiber-rich, yeah, um, oily fish at least twice a week. Just um, getting in a, a good variety of whole foods, I think, would be the best. I mean, your best plan there. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of rich in nutrients and low in fat and calories
1: too. So, then wrap it up for us. Best advice for preventing heart disease: our risk factors. Why it's important that we. Know our numbers and begin an exercise program, and all the things you and I have talked about today.
0: Yeah, so establishing an exercise program, um, thirty minutes, five days a week. That's just to meet the general health recommendations to be healthy. Obviously, the, you know, if you have other goals, you want to do a little bit more than that. But yeah, a diet that's essentially the Mediterranean style diet, low. Um, lots of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, um, getting some beans, you know, those lean proteins, don't smoke, (laughs) watch your cholesterol, get it checked, Um, blood pressure checks um,
1: and just, you know, keep a a healthy weight. That will help as well. So important. Thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us today and sharing your advice. What great advice for all of us to hear. That wraps up this episode of Stoughton Hospital Health Talk. Head on over to our website at stoughtonhospital.com for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. If you found this podcast as informative as I did, please share with your friends and family on social media and be sure to check out all the other interesting podcasts in our library. I'm Melanie Cole.